My friends of Christ, a few years ago I attended a presentation over at Town Hall given by a Muslim medical doctor from the Gaza Strip whose three daughters and a niece were tragically and senselessly killed one night in their family home by Israeli shells that should never have been fired. The tragedy could have embittered the man for life. Instead, it led him to write an incredibly moving book that earned him a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. The book is entitled, I Shall Not Hate. Instead of calling for revenge or retaliation, the doctor called for dialogue between Palestinians and Israelis expressing the hope that his daughters will be, and I quote, the last sacrifice on the road to peace between Palestinians and Israelis. A remarkable story, a timely one, and a more powerful homily on today's gospel than I could ever give. You have heard the commandment, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, offer no resistance to evil. When a person strikes you on the right cheek, turn and offer him the other. You have heard the commandment, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for your persecutors. Is it telling or not that the best homily I ever heard on those words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount was the lecture given by a Muslim doctor. But my friends, the words of Jesus are not just words. They are commandments. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is the new Moses, the new lawgiver. And he lays down commandments so lofty and so idealistic that we might wonder if Jesus was maybe a little out of touch with life's harsher realities. But of course he wasn't no more than the Muslim doctor was. Jesus knew the dark side of human nature only too well. And in the end, he himself would become a lightning rod for human cruelty at its worst. Even so, he refused to strike back. When being nailed to the cross, he spoke only words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's a part of us that stands in utter amazement at this, but another part says, Jesus was divine, I'm only human. But my friends, we don't get off that easily. Divinity for Jesus was not a shortcut around humanity. That would turn the incarnation into, into play acting. No, Jesus was like us, tempted in all things. And he must himself have struggled to get beyond the urge to strike back. And you and I, rather than struggle with it, too often we look for ways to justify it. Because if we took Jesus at his word, did what he did, wouldn't we become doormats? And wouldn't human society dissolve into anarchy? These are legitimate questions and far from theoretical. At the personal level, the personal level, 
We deal with these all the time, don't we? We deal with them in our, in our relationships with family members, with coworkers, with friends. And too often, we look for ways to get even for slights, hurts, put-downs, misunderstandings. Too often, we pay back in kind, and in doing so, we only make matters worse. That's at the personal level. At the societal level, between peoples and nations, we do the same. Many of the wars down through history come to mind, and so do actions that bring us perilously close to war, like the recent attacks and counterattacks in Iraq and Iran, the repercussions of which we may not yet have seen. And then, then there is the issue of the death penalty, which is once again before our state legislature. Our governor has made it clear that no executions will take place on his watch. Good for him. But getting the prohibition of the death penalty enshrined in law has proven very difficult, to say the least. And even if the law passes this session, it's one thing to change the law, it's another thing to change minds. And on this issue, sad to say, Catholics are just as likely as the general population to favor the death penalty, even though the Catechism of the Catholic Church and the teachings of recent popes, including Pope Francis, who has called the death penalty, and I quote, unacceptable in all cases. This makes it clear that state-sponsored executions are incompatible with the teaching of Jesus. And there is more here than the teaching of Jesus. There is also Jesus' own personal embrace of nonviolence that I referred to earlier. Jesus, who, when he became the target of human cruelty, refused to retaliate. Jesus, who accepted death, freely opening his arms on the cross, as if to say, only in this way will we ever break the cycle, the endless cycle of retaliation and revenge. All this can seem naive, I know, but Jesus says that it is God's way and that it must be our way too. You must be perfect, he says. We heard this in today's gospel. You must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. My friends, Jesus calls us to do nothing less than what God does in the face of evil. Confront it, not with more evil, but with love. God who makes the sun shine on the just and the unjust alike. God who shows mercy and compassion to all without exception. This is not to say that society cannot protect itself from violent and aggressive offenders. It must, of course. But to take a life in order to exact revenge for another life is to play God and to sin against the inherent value of each and every human life. In a powerful sermon he once preached on nonviolence, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, and I quote, the ultimate weakness of violence is that it is a descending spiral, begetting the very thing it seeks to destroy. Returning violence for violence multiplies violence adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars.
my friends. We live in a night all too devoid of stars, but it doesn't have to be this way. When he embraced the cross and willingly accepted death, Jesus showed us the path to peace and reconciliation. And every time we gather to offer this sacrifice in his memory, and receive into our own bodies his body that was broken for us, Jesus not only shows us the path to peace and reconciliation, he takes us there. But only if we're willing to go.